Welcome back to the 307 Podcast. Now, don't be alarmed. I am not the usual voice that you hear introducing uh, the podcast and welcoming all of you back. I'm Chili. And today... Trilly. I, <laughs> don't talk until I introduce you. Um, <laughs> I'm Chili. <clears throat> and today I am your host of the 307 Podcast. And oh boy, we have a special one today. I have the esteemed honor of introducing the most very specialist guest in 307 Podcast history. Former Navy SEAL, public speaker, ultramarathon runner, amateur CrossFit athlete, and so much more. You know, this individual, he means a lot to me, and, and he means a lot to a lot of people. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very special guy. You know, he's, he can motivate people with just by stringing s- syllables together out of his mouth in a, in a string of consciousness sort of way that, that sets a fire in the loins of even the most, un, uh, of the most apathetic men on the planet. It's really quite the gift, and and I've been I've been honored to I've been honored to watch it live and in person many many times. It, it's 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 very remarkable, and um, so with all that said, I'm super excited. I hope you are as well. Um, please welcome Chad Wright to the Three Seven Podcast. Pan that camera to me, tech guy. Let the people get a good look at me. Can y'all see me? I think it's an honor to be on the show day truly um well thank you for being here you know it's a big commitment for me to block out enough time to do this uh but i hope you make it worth my while well i know and um i know how much of a time commitment it is for you and and how precious your time is but but i think um i i don't think you'll be you'll be disappointed with today so let's get right into it chad who is the toughest man on the planet <clears throat> the toughest man on the planet. You know, uh, you're asked that a lot. And there's a lot of conversation about who is the toughest guy on the planet. What do you think about that question when people ask you that? What do you think about that? I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell all y'all something right now. The toughest people on the planet, ain't nobody never heard of them. That's the toughest people on the planet. All right? And whether it's a whether it's so some uh, hog farmer in North Georgia or some corn farmer out in the Midwest or or some old salty uh, special operations dude living somewhere off the grid, look, man, there were guys that that trained me in my career during especially during bud seal training, and y'all will never hear of these guys. Y'all will never know who they are. But these jokers were so freaking hard. They were just, and the, you, you'll never hear about them. That's the toughest people on the planet. I've known them. You've run into these people, but they're, they're, you're not going to see them, right? So, I mean, that's the, that's the thing, man. Well, you know, as silly as that question is, mental toughness and mindset has become such a, a prominent theme in a lot of social media circles and 
you know, the world's hurting and it's in a bad place and it's, and it's motivational for people that, to look at that kind of stuff and try to increase their own mental toughness. From your experience, I know you've spoken a lot about this on the past and I'm curious if your thoughts have changed. Is mental toughness a procurable trait? Uh, is it possible to, to uh, attain it and, and, and develop it and grow it? Or is it congenital? Are you born with it? And no, no. You, it's, it's something that you can build over a lifetime. It really is, man. If you're, if you're, a, if, if you're a sad sack and you're, you're not mentally tough enough, durable enough to do the things that you want to do physically, um, mentally, professionally, whatever it may be, Look, you don't have to stay stuck as a freaking sad sack in life, right? Uh, now, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable process building mental toughness, as, as the host Chili, Trilly calls it. It's an uncomfortable process, and it takes a long, long time. That's been my experience in life. You know, when I was younger, you know, yeah, I, 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 maybe I like to be outside, and I, I wasn't necessarily upset about getting uncomfortable, but I could not tolerate anywhere near the amount of discomfort back then that I can tolerate now. And back to your first question, the problem with, with claiming to be the toughest person alive, the problem with that is... uh. You, look, you, you're not going to be able to uphold that title. I don't care how freaking tough you are. I don't care how good you are. There's somebody out there that will stomp your little pee-pee in the dirt, son. <laughs> There's somebody out there. You're going to have a bad day, right? I saw it, man. I've seen it all throughout my life. I don't care how good you are. You're going to have a bad day, and if you have claimed the title as the toughest person on earth and you have an off day or somebody shows up that that is actually better than you because that person does exist and when you meet them on the field of competition and they crush you if you've claimed that you're the toughest person let me tell you it hurts it's gonna hurt you it's gonna you're not gonna be able to come back from it right and then it makes you look like a dang idiot in front of the entire world so why would anybody want to claim to be the toughest person on earth, man? You, you may be the toughest person at a specific event or task on a specific day. All right? But that's about as good as you can be. Well, I think that's um, a very encouraging word for people that, that um, there's not just a set in stone uh person who is the toughest and not everybody has a certain amount of mental toughness and then they can't have any more so uh, no you you can build mental toughness yeah i think both of those things are encouraging over the course of my lifetime i have actually built so much mental toughness that now my mind can override my body i can destroy my body what are the what are the things that that helped you develop more of it you have to continuously 
put yourself, subject yourself to situations that are going to make you uncomfortable in all ways, going to make you scared emotionally, mentally, things that you don't know if you can do or not. They're going to hurt physically, whatever it may be. And here's the key. You can't always just, you, you can't be in, you can't always just be in charge of pushing yourself. You have to subject yourself to some sort of training, some sort of coaching, some from a from a legitimate, credible person or instructor or coach uh, to put you there, man. Because if you just train yourself, the problem is because our minds and bodies are are naturally so weak in their natural state. If you just train yourself, especially if if you're not really experienced and you haven't been doing this type, you haven't been pushing yourself on a regular basis for a long time, in the beginning, you're always going to bias toward your strengths. And even when you get really good, you're always going to bias toward your strength. Not always, but often you're going to bias toward your strength. That's why it's so important to compete. That's why it's so important to be surrounded by people that are going to push you, that are better than you at things. That's why it's important to at least you know, do something difficult in terms of training, like the basic course, the proving grounds, any of the missions that we do here at 307 Project. That's the opportunity for you guys. That's why we train the way we train. And that's why we don't tell you guys anything about the proving grounds or the basic course or any of the advanced missions that we run. That's the reason we don't give you the schedule. We don't give you the all the, the stuff that you can prepare yourself for. We want to give you the opportunity to come to a place and subject yourself to a training pipeline that's completely out of your control, but it has been designed purposefully so that you can grow through that and be a little, just a little. And every time you do this, you're you're just like just a smidge tougher than you were. Just just be, it's it's like literally thousands of repetitions is what it takes. Listeners, you need to get your, your pen and paper out. Um, let's see. So you promote being a balanced athlete a lot with some of that physical training you're talking about and training with others. What is your main goal with, with, with fitness, quote-unquote fitness? I mean, you do it a lot, right? That's a huge part of your life. What's the, what's the real point, the main point of, of even fooling with it? Well, for me, I think the foundation of it is um, being physically prepared to do the job that I have trained, been trained to do. Okay, I have said before, I'm a warrior by trade. All right, some people are carpenters. Some people do heating and air work. Some people are mechanics. Well, I was trained as a warrior. And so the foundation of it is to simply be strong enough in all aspects to do my job as a warrior if it is needed. And I believe that it might potentially be needed at some point in my life. Um, and by that, I mean protecting good people, all right? Like being, that's what a warrior does. Uh, what's the old quote? The only, 
the only thing that needs to happen for something like this, the only mm-hmm. thing that needs to happen for evil to win is for good men to do nothing. Yep. All right. Unfortunately, well, whatever. The The fact of the matter is there is such thing as evil in the world and people in the world are, some people are consumed by evil and the only thing that evil responds to true evil the only thing that it will respond to is force and so the only thing that you can do with evil people is take them out of the freaking equation you are not going to rehabilitate someone who is evil enough to molest a child you are not going to rehabilitate someone who is evil enough to do the crap that we have seen over the last couple of years of our life, the crimes against humanity, you're not going to rehabilitate someone who freaking has a, a, a island and sex traffics people. You, look, man, the only thing you can do with these people is take them out of the equation. The only thing evil, true evil responds to is force. And a force greater than the force that they can bring to bear. And so that's what I'm here for. All right, and so I want to be fit enough to do my freaking job as a warrior. Now, my ultimate goal, you say I, uh, I, I talk about balance as a as in in my fitness. Well, no, it's really durability. I want to be durable. That's what I want to be. So, I have never valued performance. Okay, you can look at the jalopy that I drive out here. Chili, <laughs> Trilly calls my new uh, Land Cruiser a jalopy. Okay, you know why I drive that Land Cruiser? Everything about my life, even down to my physical body, is based off of maximum durability or dependability, right? Uh, I, I don't care about being able to... now. Some people are different. Some people want to run the fastest. Some people want to lift the most, right? Some, some, so there's somebody out there that their dream is to deadlift the most weight, more than any other human on earth for one rep. That's performance. There's somebody out there that wants to run the most miles in 24 hours of any human on earth. That's performance. That's not me. I just want to be durable and capable across the spectrum of what I can do with my physical body. Since you are also, and I don't like labels, and I know you don't either, but since you are an quote-unquote ultra runner and do perform at a high level and, and race at a high level, does that philosophy, or I don't know what you want to call it, does that training philosophy, if you will, uh, ever ever wane on you and get get difficult whenever you are performing because you are I know you don't love the word balanced either but you are you are good at many different things that a specialist would not be good at but a specialist can get really good at one thing and since you are uh you kind of naturally gravitate to ultra running it's been a large part of your past is it ever hard to to think, okay, man, I could I could maybe be a better ultra runner, but I'd have to sacrifice being as well rounded as I am and durable as I am. Does that ever get difficult? Yeah. Um. No. No, not for me, really, because because I just 
my mindset is always based on durability. I mean, I, I guess, and another thing that I do to kind of combat that is if I really want to compete in ultra running, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sign up for an event that's biased to, to durability and not performance. Like, I'm going to sign up for a last man standing. I'm going to sign up for a 250-mile race. I'm going to sign up for something where durability and that's going to come into play, right? Like, I'm not going to sign up for a 24-hour timed race. So, I mean, I guess I, from a competitive standpoint, I, I always bias toward things that I know I can be competitive at, right? And I just have no desire to, to go fast. I have desire just to go long. You so, know? And there's not, there, going long has nothing to do with performance. Well, yeah, it's, it's in terms of speed. Mainly about durability. Exactly. I mean, that certainly is what it, what it favors. Um, moving to another thing you're, you're passionate about, the, the state of America and the world today. You talked so much about evil and it made me think it's pretty hard to deny that there's evil in the world. That uh, it's a that's a tough sell to to argue that there that evil doesn't exist. You know, when you look around it's it's pervasive, it's everywhere. Having said that, because y- you can you can talk plenty about how evil the world is and how negative it is and what discourages you about the world today. But I think we're at a pivotal point in history where it's not necessarily got to be the end now. And what actually encourages you the most about the state of the world today, about the point that it's in? Well, you know, I'm really, I, I was really encouraged the most that I have been in a long time, just very recently, man. Uh, when we did when we did the treadmill race, uh, because it's really easy to slip into a place, especially uh, with with the types of media and crap and everything that's coming into our, you know, head from outside sources. It's really easy to slip into this belief that there aren't very many good people left, right? Because all we hear about, all we see about is the bad. And um, I'm encouraged by the fact that I truly believe that there are still, I would say we still have the majority of people are what we would, cla- what we would classify as good people, right. okay? You know, right. People who don't want to harm other people, people who have some morals, people who have some values, just the the basic stuff. We we don't want to steal, we don't want to kill, we don't want to destroy. We wanna we want to live our lives. We want to just be left alone. Uh, we want to love our neighbor. Just the basic stuff. And I still believe that the majority of people, at least, well, really, I would say in the world are good people, man. And that, that encourages me. Um, but it's, it, it's easy to lose sight of that until you do something like the treadmill race that we did the other day. And you see, you see people from all over the world, literally 
giving their hard-earned money to uh, David's clinic out of the kindness of their heart and uh, well, raised a quarter million dollars in 24 hours. And I was like, well, man, there's a bunch of good people left out there. We're just tapping into a very small percentage of them. Yeah. And um, that encourages me. And then, the, I mean, ultimately, too, I mean, my, my faith encourages me knowing that um, we've already been given victory through Christ. Like Christ says, Jesus says, in the world you will have trouble, but don't worry, I've overcome the world. What he's trying to tell you is we have already won. We can't lose. And when the victory's already been secured, well, that's something you can always go back to and say, in spite of all the bad crap that's happening, guess what, son? We win. <laughs> We've already won. Sorry about your luck. Keep trying. You know, the, the treadmill race, you, you, can, you can often think when you look at the world today that the moral fabric is gone. And, and that sort of rehabilitated that, that in, in people's minds, I think, when you just saw the, the, the 24-hour example of, of people that came from all over the world, like you said, and really poured into that. And it's a big deal for somebody to give their money. Exactly. I mean, yeah. that's a big deal. 100%. But you, you talked about your faith also encouraging you, and you know, we, we speak about the quote-unquote good people and the, the moral fabric there. I hear a lot of people in the world today say, well, yeah, I'm a, I'm a moral, ethical person. I don't, I don't get my morals from the Bible or from any sacred text, but I just I have my own morality that, uh, that, that, I, that I ascribe to, and that's, and that's how I try to live my life. What do you, what do you think about people that, that, that say that? Well, if it's working for them, if it's working for them and they're actually happy and fulfilled in their lives and they're they're contributing to society, they're they're good, they're doing well as a husband, a father, a wife, a mother. If it's working for them, uh, I would go as far as to say that they're probably living in alignment with biblical morality. They just don't freaking know it. Yeah. Do you think it's possible I, to to come up with your own moral code? Uh, without influence from objective morality? Oh, it's possible, but there's only one that works. There's only one blueprint for the human existence, and it's the blueprint that was laid out by the creator of you and the creator of the universe. You can come up with some other... You can come up with some other uh, morality. Let's say homosexuality. Go ahead. Let me know how that turns out for you. <laughs> it ain't gonna be very good, son. And 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 look, man, I I lived with two lesbians for a year. <laughs> it was the, it was something like you ain't never seen in your life, son. All these homosexuals, they want to act like they're walking around living their best life. That crap don't work. <laughs> you live. It's all a fraud, man. You lived with two lesbians, huh? I lived with two lesbians for a year. It was the terriblest time of my life man i was boy i was an awful person well what were you doing just hanging out i was just hanging out man <laughs> all right 
You don't even want to know what all went on in them days. No, I don't want to know. But I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it, it wasn't a, it, it wasn't a, a very healthy relationship. So you come up with every, whatever morals you want. I'm telling you, the only ones that's going to work to give you a good, wholesome, loving, fulfilled experience in, on this earth is are the 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 moral and ethical principles and values that are laid out in the blueprint of the Holy Bible. And that's just the way it is, man. You like it or not. You have a very, a very powerful and infectious faith and, and relationship with Jesus, I would say. How did you get to that point? Do you, do you, I mean, I know, well, some of the listeners may not know the story of when you were on deployment and gave your life to Christ, but uh, if you want to, if you want to briefly summarize that, you can. But I, I'm curious. That was sort of, I mean, that was a dramatic day and a dramatic moment. But it's not just one moment. Snap your fingers, everything's completely the way it is now. So, so how did you get to the point that you are now with your with your faith? Same way you get to same way you get anything else in life through constant study, constant seeking, constant questioning, constant prayer, constant conversations and fellowship with other people. Uh, just uh, that that's that's how you get there. It's it's just it's a it's a never ending, just. Um, constant seek you know jesus asks us to ask ask seek knock and you have to just keep doing that and not quit because trust me man i've had plenty of days in my life since i got saved in 2012 i've had plenty of days where i've thought is this even real i've had uh, speaking of my faith uh I've had plenty of days where I thought, "Why, I'm totally confused about this. Is this even right?" Well, you you're gonna have those thoughts on and on, on and off. I'm sure I'll have those thoughts again sometime in my life. I'm sure something crazy bad will happen or something crazy will happen, and I'll think, "What the crap, man? Is is Jesus even real?" Uh, but that's just the low points, man. You can't quit. When you're asking yourself that question, that should just drive you to keep seeking. Yep. Keep reading more scripture. Keep questioning what it is. What 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 it what is it that's that's making you wonder? Keep questioning that. And you'll find the answers, man. God, the creator of the universe, his word will always prove true. Always. And you can put Put God's word, put put the the put anything that you find in the Bible, put it through the furnace, man. Question it. Try to prove it wrong. Try to live some other way. Put it through the fire. It'll always prove true every single time. So I think that's what got me to here, man, was just constantly 
putting these things through the fire and it always proving true and always when I get out of line, I figure out why I'm all screwed up in life and then I go back to God's word and and it puts me back on track and I'm like, man, if this thing keeps, it's, it's just right every single time. It just works every single time. Well, what the crap, man? But I mean, eventually I'm just like, well, it's, it works every single time. Where else am I going to go? There ain't no other options. That's why I think about my faith, man. You know, I'm a child of Jesus Christ. I'm his son. If I decided to leave, abandon my faith, where the crap else would I go? <laughs> what else am I going to believe? There's nothing else even out there worth believing. Any other option you have is so freaking ridiculous. And it doesn't work. Where else am I going to go? I got nowhere else to go at this point. You motivate people with your faith, how you live, how you treat others, how you speak. Uh, really, uh, many people are motivated by every every aspect of you. And I, I wonder... Are you ever motivated by somebody else or something? You know, it, it's it's funny whenever you're the guy that always motivates others. Or do you ever find motivation in anybody else? I know you don't rely on it, but do you ever become inspired by somebody else or, or something else? Yeah, all the time. Uh, I You know, I find... I'm inspired by people that do all the crap that would absolutely make me miserable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's freaking weird, man, because for some reason, uh, the people that see the things that I do and they're inspired by the things that I do, it's because the only reason they're inspired is because they look at it and they say, man, that would be really difficult for me to do that. Well, all those things, they're easy for me. I mean, lit, I mean, whether it's running, whether it's fitness, whether it's, um, I mean, even now my faith comes pretty easy to me. You know what I mean? Like all the stuff y'all see me do it, you're inspired by it because it's hard for you right now. Well, it's, it's got to a point for me, it's easy for me. So when I look at, I, when I look at my team here, Trilly, week after week, packs and ships all y'all's merchandise. T-shirts, hats, whatever it is. He does it. He's never missed a single order. All right? And I look at that, and I'm like, man, that jugger's putting in the work, son. Like, that inspires me to want to work harder at what I'm good at. Because if he's over there in his dungeon packing freaking shirts up, and, and labeling them and shipping them out and making sure it's all on time and on point and he never misses a lick. Well, gosh, man, then I got to hold myself to a higher standard, right? Because even though y'all might think, well, that's silly. There's nothing hard about packing orders. Well, let me tell you right now, I would rather go out here and run 72 hours straight than pack 100 orders. I'm being totally honest with you, man. 
So I look at the people around me who are doing a really good job at what it is they've been called to do. And whether that is cleaning a freaking toilet or painting a truck or taking care of my taxes, whatever it may be, that's what inspires me to hold myself to a higher standard about the things that I am good at, right? So that's where I find my, my motivation, to be honest with you. Well, so many people, I think they, they, they do what they do for, for many years, and then whatever it is starts creeping into their mind that they should be doing something different or better, you know, quote unquote, better or, or something more impactful because they don't see the impact that they're making. And that's such a great, a great message to, to those people that no matter what you do, do it as well as you can. Yeah, you ain't gonna be good at everything. You you're not you, you can't yep. be good at everything, all right? You can try to do other things, but you ain't gonna be good at everything. So get that crap out of your head, man. What is it that you are really passionate about? What is it that you have been called to do? Is it cleaning a freaking cleaning a toilet? Are you a really good toilet cleaner? You're going to make millions of dollars doing that if your goal was to make to be financially wealthy. Um, focus on what it is you're good at doing and do that to the highest freaking standard and look at the people around you who are doing crap that would be miserable to you and look at the, look at the quality of work they're putting in, the best at what they do, and that should inspire you, man. What are your goals right now for the... Uh, near to intermediate future. Do you have specific goals at the moment? Or long-term as well, whatever you got. Well, you know, there's a big conversation around goals. <laughs> and these men in here know me pretty well. I'm not much of a goal setter. Uh, you know, every now and then something will strike me and I'll go after it. Um, but I, I'm, man, I, I like to, I like to take life as it comes, man. I mean, I want to beat this Hamza guy at a freaking CrossFit workout. Mm -hmm. I want to beat this Joker at a workout, man. It's gonna be rough. Um, I want to get, I want to get my Land Cruiser restored up, you know. Um, I want to train this coming up year. I want to train people. I want to pour into people through our company. I want to maximize. And when I mean ma maximize what we do at three or seven project, I don't mean financially. I mean, I want to train people to go out and be the best possible human that they can be in their space. Uh, and I want to do that to the best of our ability. Like, that's my life. This this company, 307 Project, this is this is our lives. This is what we do, man. It's like, you know, this is where most of my goals are at. Like, the most immediate goal I guess I have is um, the upcoming Proving Grounds yep. in January. That's probably like, so that's, that's, that's a really good thing. This is how my mind works. If I have something coming up, 
like the Proving Grounds, which is a big deal to me. I think it's a big deal to all of us because we're about to have 25 human beings show up in one place and we get to spend three days together. And like, it's my and it's our responsibility to give these people everything that we can possibly give them that's going to help them in their business, in their family, in their spiritual life, in their personal fitness, in all aspects of their lives. And I don't want to, like, I take that so seriously, it scares me that I would squander that opportunity. So when I have something coming up, I'll hone in on that one thing, and I won't think about anything past that until that's over. It's really weird. Like, like t- two weeks after the Proving Grounds, I have a 370-mile mountain bike race that I'm going to go do. But, like, I haven't even thought about it. I haven't, I haven't got my gear prepped. I don't know the, the route. I don't know. But I won't even do any of that until the Proving Grounds is over. And then I'll focus on this bike race for two weeks. I'll go do the bike race, and then we'll have a basic course mission. Then I'll focus on that. So I'm just looking at the nearest thing is how my mind works. I'll put things, I'll commit to things and put them, you know, put them in the schedule. But I'm not locked in on them. I'm focused on what's right right in front of me, right? Is that all positive, or do you find that that can be a double-edged sword? Oh yeah, yeah, no, you you can't. I you that that's not all positive. You have to have somebody. If you do, if you operate the way I operate, you have to have a partner that operates totally opposite of that. So that's Blake and Blake and Trilly. I have two partners here. Um, Trilly sets long-term goals for the company. Uh, Blake. He's always looking out long-term, running the business side of the house. So I have two partners that operate different than I do, and that's the only way it works. So if I tried to operate, if it was just me running 307 Project and and I was doing the way that I do, like the way that I operate allows me to show up really, really strong for that event that's right in front of me but everything else will crumble like everything will crumble over time so you have to have both in the equation is anything exciting you right now uh, i mean i think you answered it the, the the proving ground coming up you don't look much past that yeah the proving grounds really exciting exciting to me man so you mentioned kind of the goal of three of seven being to, to train people and, and help them maximize all aspects of their life. I remember a few weeks ago, you, you said, and I don't want to misquote you, but that it was kind of a goal of yours to max be maximally great in all aspects of your life. Am I kind of getting that right? Yeah. Is that, is that still your plans? And if so, how, how are you going to go about doing that? Because that seems pretty, pretty daunting. Well, I think here's the thing. It's a hard that, goal. Man. I, I, I don't think it's, it's becoming, I, I think you said it wrong. Okay. I, I don't think it's becoming maxim maximally, if that's even a word. <laughs> great. Like you should, you're, you should never become 
you're never going to become as good as you can. You can always improve is what I'm saying in every aspect of your life, physical, mental, and spiritual. So to say that you could ever become maximally fit is a lie because you could always tweak some minor yeah. detail. And, and even if it's just a millimeter better than you were, you can always tweak some minor detail about your business, about your marriage, everything in your life, right? I think that the point is, and I got I actually got this from my buddy Andy Frisilla. I think the point is it's important to become what you would say is undeniably great in all aspects of your life. Um, and here's ultimately, here's the reason. And whether you care about what people say about you or not, I, I, I don't, I, that, that's not even part of the conversation, but when you decide that you want to become better as a human being, become better in your business, become better physically, spiritually, all this stuff, people are going to start looking at you from the outside and it's going to make, it's going to make them uncomfortable. So the moment you decide that you want to be better, it's going to make certain people who've been hanging around you all your life and they're used to you the way you've always been, right? And then all of a sudden you decide you want to get better and you want to improve yourself, well, then all these people that have been hanging around with you all these years, it makes all them uncomfortable, right? And then so they are go people are going to attack you, pick away at you. They're going to make comments. They're going to try to tear you down if you want to actually begin this journey of becoming better physically, spiritually, mentally, in all aspects of your life. People are going to try to tear you down because they don't want to see that happen at first, right? And so it's important for you to take this journey that you're on seriously and become undeniably great at what you've decided to do physically, spiritually, mentally. And then what happens is these people that want to tear you down and felt uncomfortable about your growth in the beginning when you can become undeniably great. And then eventually they're going to look at you and say, man, man, he is doing better. Holy crap, man. He's freaking strong, man. He's living an awesome life. His marriage is great. His relationship was got with God is great. His business is great. You know, what's going to happen then? Once you become undeniably great, those people are going to look at you and say, what this, what this joker did freaking worked. They're going to move from a place of feeling uncomfortable about your journey of growth to a place where they're inspired by you. And they say, huh, well, what, it really freaking worked. And now I, now I think I'm going to try to do that, right? So, so you have to get to a place where people look around you and they freaking take you serious. And they want, and then they want to jump on the train. Like it's just part of, it's part of improving, not just yourself, but everyone that you can possibly influence in your immediate immediate circle. So, how how do you 
do you do that? Because I totally hear what you're saying. If you if you if you have the message that you have, and you don't strive for that, it cheapens your message. Yeah, it really does. I mean, I mean, if if you if you want to try to help people, but you don't strive to be undeniably great in in the ways that you live your life. It really does. It cheapens your message. It doesn't hold up as well to scrutiny, if that's the case. So how how do you go about doing that? Because that process is very multifaceted, and and I'm sure you can go at it myriad ways. But how are you gonna do that? Um, the best way to do it is freaking live like. Don't hold anything back. Like, essentially live out loud, right? So, while you're on this journey to get better, like, when you fail, don't try to hide it. Show people. When you win, don't try to hide it. Show people. As you progress, as you digress, as you progress, as you as you go through periods of depression, as you're on top, as you, as you win, as you lose, and every aspect of this journey... You can't, you can't, the way to not do it is to put on a front and make it look like this journey that you're on has been all freaking butterflies and unicorns, right? You have to show your failure. You have to show the struggle. You have to show when you overcome. You have to show when you're on top. And and when you're on, t- on top, you're not showing that you're on top because you're prideful about being on top. You show that you, when you're on top, you show people that you're on top because you also showed them when you were way down here at the freaking bottom looking like a fat piece of crap. And they say, holy crap, man. This is a totally different person, right? So that's the way I live my life, man. I don't try to hide nothing from nobody, man. I, I, I And that's the way I live my life. I've, I've told all kinds of freaking stories to y'all about my failures, about my successes, about things I've screwed up, about things I've done well. And you have to do that, and you have to do it over a span of time. And you can't quit. That's And, and it just happens over time. And eventually, you know, if you looked at the stats for this podcast, it's always really intrigued me. Um, it, it's a representation of life. So this is how life works. You're going to go, you're going to, when you first start, you're going to get a big jump. You're going to make some big gains when you first start, right? Well, then you're going to hit a point where you're going to start to drop off and you're going to start, oh man, this freaking sucks. I'm bored. I'm burnt out on this, right? And you start going down, down, down. Well, you're finally going to hit a bottom. And when you hit that bottom, if you don't quit in the bottom, you're going to start climbing again. Being at the bottom actually drives you to want to start climbing again, right? You're, you just hate being at the bottom. It sucks to be down there. And most people quit down there and they just stay there their whole life. But if you don't quit, you're eventually going to start climbing again, right? And you're going to start having more successes and you're going to start winning. You're going to start getting better. And when you come up, when you come up that next time out of that trough, when you get to the top, you're going to be a little bit higher than that last peak you were on. But then you're going to come back down off of that. And every time you come out of that trough and you get, you, you, you're making progress again, each time you peak, 
that peak's going to be a little higher and a little higher and a little higher every single time, right? But it, it takes a lot of ups and downs. It takes a lot of ups and downs to get to the place where people will freaking look at you and be like, man, I know so-and-so has been talking crap about Chad, but when I see the way he's living his life, you can't freaking dispute it, man. Beautiful. Well, before we wrap up, you have anything you want to uh, promote? <laughs> what about that? Got anything I, I'll you want? tell you what, I got something I want to promote on here. You know. Um, For all y'all heads on watching this on YouTube, how many people's watching this on YouTube? All right, for all 230. Is your mic on, Tech uh, Guy? 235. For all 235 of y'all that's watching this on YouTube. I was talking to Blake today, man, and uh, this freaking YouTube, man, uh, they have, I don't know if they don't like the stuff that we say on here or they don't like the guns or, or what, but man, um, some some they have been jacking with some mess, it looks like, because we could see all these analytics and stuff, all right? So we're, we already do a lot of stuff on a platform called Patreon. And we're, we are going to start, at some point, releasing the majority of our shooting and gun content and stuff like that over on Patreon. Because it don't get freaking jacked with. And I'm, I'm just, I get sick of it sometimes, all right? So, we do a lot of stuff on there already. We have a whole other show over there called Enough Said Podcast where we can actually talk about things that we want to talk about and not uh, that we can actually say what we want to say and not worried about them turning off the freaking thing. Uh, we do a live show on there three Sundays a month where we actually get to talk and have conversation. It's hosted on zoom. It's a really easy thing to use. It's off an app. You use it just like a social media app. So go join us on Patreon. If you feel led to uh, be a part a, a deeper part of the community here at 307 Project. We would appreciate it. And if you guys are already supporting us on Patreon, it means a lot to us. So I wanted to put that out there. Well, thank you. And thank you for your time and for letting me interview you. You got any super chats, Blake? No super chats, but I thought it might be cool at the end of these shows to go mention maybe some comments sure. that are funny or Absolutely, worthy. yeah. So I've made a note of, of a few. Some are funny, some are serious. Um, a lot of people like you, both of your shirts uh, for different reasons. Oh, okay. Uh, Chili, a lot of people are perturbed about yours and uh, say they hope your washer and dryer ruin it and things like that. And uh, <laughs> so, Justin Milford, thank you. Justin Milford just edited his pledge on Patreon from $25 to 300 bucks. He <laughs> paid for the whole year. Nice. Thank you, Justin. Uh, people like Chad's shirt. Uh, they I like it too. Nice Aztec print. A lot of people are commenting on the, as they call it, belly button cleavage. He's <laughs> he's exposing there. Uh, I think his name was Austin Joseph. He said there's probably enough lint in there to knit a, a pair of mittens out of yeah, out of that <laughs> out of that lint. And somebody, Denise James, he said everybody's asking why you're wearing this shirt, Jillian. He said uh, because you're the master troller. You're just, you're just trolling along. Master troller. That's what they said. Huh. But what I want to hit, uh, Craig DeGroff said, uh, 
you are two of the favorite guys that he will never meet. And I thought it just made me think that, you know, a lot of people see people on Facebook, Instagram, nobody uses Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> YouTube, all of these things. And they think really they can never meet him. A lot of them, they probably never will. But unlike those people, we do offer training that is in person that Chili shows up at, Chad shows up at, and they're actually Blake there shows up at. instructing and they are actually a part of the training. They don't just facilitate it and then turn it over to another group of people. They're actually there. So, you know, if you don't meet them by your choice, that's fine. Maybe you don't want to meet them. But if you do, there are opportunities for everybody out there to come meet you guys. And I'm, I'm not trying to put a plug in there. I just want to say, hey, y'all are just two real people. If, if you want to meet them, we, we do these trainings. And yeah. Sign up and come out if you get picked. What's his name, Craig? Craig DeGroff. We might meet you, Craig. Yeah, and this coming up year, actually, we're going to have a daggone camp meeting for our Patreon crew. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I booked that that uh, that whole area Good. down there. We're going to have a whole darn meeting two days long with the Patreon crew. But, yeah, man, I had a guy one time came out at the basic course. <laughs> we had, like, two on that course. Yeah, I had two people at the basic course. They came out to do the mission. And they looked at me and they said, I can't believe you're actually here. <laughs> like, I was like, what What'd you expect? And they said, well, I thought you'd just come out here and just say a few words and get us fired up. And then you'd send us off with, with you know, your instructors. No, man. No, player. <laughs> no. I think that's one of the most, I've thought about that many times. It's one of the most unique things that we do at 307 Project is we actually spend real time with hundreds of people that listen to the podcast, that follow us on social media, that watch us on YouTube. Ain't nobody else doing that. Nobody else does that. Like, we've probably trained probably 400 people hmm. over the since we started 307 project and that's that's spending real intimate multiple day time spans with people doing difficult things and growing together and that's one of the coolest parts about 307 project for sure you know what i mean and i don't want to disc i feel the same way and i cuz i don't want to discount the people that aren't able to come out and train and do just listen or or not just you know it's a big thing that listen or support on patreon but but it does it it's it's really cool for all of us to to meet you in person and train with you in person it's what makes it more real oh you know 100%. i mean it makes it more more actionable more because you can i mean you help people that listen to you talk on the podcast all the time but you you can really invest in somebody and help them, even though it's just a weekend when you meet them in person. Yeah. So that's what makes it super cool for I think all of us. But a hundred percent. Anything else, Blake? I I like the I like the comments. Yeah, uh, John C. He asked if we have started selection for March. March is actually full at this point, and so we're looking at opening a new proving ground toward the end of October. So if you've submitted an application for March and you get selected. I will offer you those dates for October, and we'll put that out soon. So, John C., we went through that, and uh, it's full, but we've got another one coming, brother. Program uh, ground's been filling up quick. Yeah, yeah. it has. Uh, the last one I'll hit, Tate Phillips, he said was Team PT, a trip to the mall this morning, 
And it reminded me that we said we were going to talk about what we do for Team PT. Oh, that's a good point. And so, uh, why don't we you talk about it? We already forgot that. Well, what did we do? So, Team PT this morning was on the range, actually. We, uh, we started off, Instructor Blake was the range master this morning. When you let him be. Yeah. He ran us through some drills. Uh, got some, he got some practice in teaching. And uh, ran us through some draw from the holster drills, some mag change drills. And um, then we shot the readiness standards test on our uh, 307 project, readiness standards targets. And um, timed all those. And then we shot a stage with rifle and pistol. And we got all that on video. So we'll be, hopefully, Instructor Blake, will uh, edit that video for us and you guys will be able to see what a day on the range at Team PT looks like. Some of it's ugly. <laughs> Blake might be able to make some of it look a little cool. Another cool thing we got coming out is um, Blake has created a whole documentary, like an hour and a half long legit documentary of when Trilly and me and Brett Childers paddled the Altima Hall River two years ago. That was an awesome mission. It's going to be epic, dude. Yeah. I can't wait for that to come out. Yeah, I, that that feels like that was forever ago. That should be a good video, though. Oh, it's going to be good. The last thing I want to hit, you know, we always add a little entertainment, but uh, nothing quite makes me matter than a thief. I don't get upset about a whole lot uh, unless lying to me and being a thief are probably the two biggest things. And so I can't stand a scammer. And I, someone tried to scam me today and I called on to it. It was pretty good, but I called yeah. on to it and uh, I called the number back. And so I'm going to call them here on the podcast. I'm going to let Chili, I'm going to let him talk to these scammers. Put your headphones on, Chili. I'd love to. Can so they tried to they tried to scam you like they do many of the uh of the YouTube Dude, uh, the scammers yeah. are thick on YouTube, son. Oh yeah. Well, you know, we've had our card information. Chad and I both have had it stolen recently. Mm. And then these not people Not mine. <laughs> then no, not yours. Then these people call trying to scam me about a scam. They're trying to double scam. So I'm gonna call them up here. Chili, preach the gospel to these people. Well, you ought to preach the gospel to these people. I was going to get a little unhinged. I don't... Well, you take it however you want to take it. <laughs> they just need a little Jesus, man. We'll have to listen to a little let's, bit of recording here. Let's see if this works. So the scam is, it's like a medical well, thing. They, they tried to scam me on my bank. Mm. But I think I, they just scam on whatever they can possibly scam on. Turn my volume up on the roadcaster, Chad. <laughs> Good gosh, man. calling area. I just like a little background so I can hold on. These are just like your um, utility scammers. It's nothing like calling a scammer on a podcast. You have dialed a number that is not available from your calling area. It don't work anymore. <laughs> what? Hold on. They had several numbers. Let me try one more. Uh, all right, we can try one more. Um. Oh man. Scammers, man, they gotta they gotta stay on the move, son. This call may be recorded for quality assurance. It's we being have a special recorded, promotion right. today for select callers. If you are over fifty, 
Please press one now. Press one. If not, press two. I don't know. We're t- we're under fifty. Oh. We got to be honest. Thank you for calling the medical alert center. This is Jessica on a recorded line. Can you hear me? Okay. I can, Jessica. Can you hear me? Yep. Great. So, uh, with our promotion today, you actually have the opportunity now, this to is a receive record, a free medical alert listen. device. So, oh. congratulations. You'll get a real um, human you know, just a second. It's that little button okay. you wear around your neck that you press in case of an emergency or um, even a fall. Now, when you're participating in our monitoring program, um, you actually can get your medical alert absolutely free. So, uh, free? oftentimes, it's really expensive to buy a device like this. So, um, we make it really simple for you. We pay for the entire unit itself and then ship it right to your house for free. And then, um, of course, we guarantee you 100 100% peace of mind, 24 hours Pretty a day, seven days a week. Dang so uh, let's go ahead and get you some more info on it, okay? All right. Yeah, that's a dang good deal, man. I'm sure all they need is your credit card Great. information. so it actually looks like you qualify for our offer today. Yes! Um, just please hang on for one second while I connect us with a medical alert. Didn't even have to give line. any kind of information. We're qualified. Here we go. Get ready. She's going to act like she's... Here we go. Is this a real person? Thank you for holding. This is Sharon with the Medical Alert Center on a recorded line. Now, with our promotion today, you have the opportunity to receive a free medical alert device, so congratulations. Now, I am not sure if you're familiar with medical alert systems, but it's that little button you wear around your neck that oh, you press yeah. in case of an emergency, like a bad yeah. fall. I'm yeah. sure you've seen similar products oh, advertised yeah. on the television, haven't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yep. Now, just to let you know, doctors refer to the first hour after an accident or heart attack as the golden hour. Now, if emergency services can Sharon? get you within the first hour, the odds of survival are as high to- as 80%. And remember, the great thing usually. about our alert system is that it isn't just for medical emergencies. Yes. You can use it anytime that you feel nervous or threatened, like in the case of a fire Sharon, or I need to talk in. to a real human. Our mobile emergency button gives you the peace of mind knowing Sharon, that you're really ticking happens, me off right we'll now. Be there for you at the push Connect me to a person. Now, will you be the one using the device? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. And connect me to a person, Sharon. Come on, Sharon. Don't lose me, Sharon. Wait, I won't. Now, I see you do oh. qualify for our offer today. Yes. Uh, please hang on while I introduce you to a medical alert specialist who will provide more information and help you take advantage of our special offer. Just one moment, please. Amazing. Thank you, please Sharon. Please hold for the next available... <sighs> Hi, this is Sharon. I have a qualified candidate on the line. I need you to assist. I'll let you take the call from here. Thank you. Thank you for holding. My name is Tracy with Medical Alert Center. With our promotion today, you have been selected to receive a free medical alert system. So congratulations. Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar with medical alert system, but it's like a little button you wear around your neck that you would press for help in case of an emergency like a bad fall. I'm sure you've seen similar products oh, yeah, advertised yeah. on television, oh, yeah, haven't seen, you? Yeah, we've seen that, Shuri. Okay. Yeah, of course, of course. So, again, sir, my name, again, my name is Tracy, and to know oh, you a Tracy. little better, may have the correct spelling of your first and last name. Oh, yeah, Tracy. My name is Justin, J-U-S-T-I-N, Smidlap, S-M-I-D-L-A-P. Okay, thank you. So right now, Justin, I'm going to I, ask I you a couple of questions go, uh, excuse before me, I get Tracy. over. Excuse me, ma'am. I actually go by yeah. Mr. Smidlap. I'm sorry? I, I actually go by Mr. Smidlap. If you would please call me Mr. Smidlap. Okay, thank you, sir. 
And uh, I'm going to ask you, know, you a Midlap. couple of questions no, before Mi- getting it. Please, I go by Mr. Smidlap, please. Do you understand? Can you hear me, Tracy? I'm sorry? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I, I well, actually go how do you by... pronounce that again, your last name? I go by Mr. Smidlap. Can you spell that out for me again, please? S-M-I-D-L-A-P. That's Sierra. Okay, thank you. India. Oh, no, Sierra. Mike. <laughs> India. Delta. Lima. Alpha. Papa. Okay. Thank you for that, Mr. Smidlup. Now, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions before getting over to one of our specialists. Who is your primary health insurance provider? Oh, Blue Cross, Blue Shield. Blue, Blue Cross, Blue Shield. And how many medications are you taking currently? Oh, my gosh. Uh, at least 10, depending on what day it is. That's actually why I'm trying to get this medical device is I don't I don't know when I'm going to croak over. And I have so many days that I'm like, man, I feel like I'm about to freaking croak. And I need this device because a lot of times I don't have cell phone service around here. And I need to be able to hit this thing. I'm on at least 10 medications. on. That's on Monday through Wednesday. Thursday through Sunday, the, I, it could be up to 15. Okay. So right now, sir, I'm going to introduce you to a medical alert center specialist that will provide you with more information and get you set up to receive your medical alert unit. They're kind of busy, so you may hear hold music or some beats, but just bear with me. And I'll introduce you to the agent. Trust me, you're in good hands. Hold on. I trust you, Tracy. Please. Well, you took that one over, didn't you? Hello. Mr. Mr. Smithlap. Hello? Hello, can you hear me okay? Huh? I can hear you. Okay, so it seems like you're not interested. You have a good day. Huh? What? No, what? I think they called on to us. <laughs> What was that? <laughs> Thank you for your interest. Have a good day. What the crap, man? They didn't even get my credit card information. Well, I guess we qualified. It was free. They said they were. They didn't even get my address, dude. Well, yeah, you didn't let them get to that point. You kept talking <laughs> over them about your medication. Hey, during that, the Coin Bros Bitcoin ATMs had a $20 super chat. Oh. <laughs> said, see you guys soon at the Proving Ground. <laughs> see you there, buddy. <laughs> Well, great conversation. Thanks for uh, allowing me to come on your show, Chili. Yeah, you're welcome. You did a pretty good job. Well, we'll catch you guys next Wednesday. Uh, if you haven't figured it out by now, we live stream podcasts on Wednesday on YouTube. What time? Oh, it just all depends. Somewhere <laughs> between 11 and 1, you will see a live stream notification. Today it was 3. For real? Yeah. Well, Holy you were dealing God. with the scammers for we're two hours. late today. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for uh, being here to listen and join in on the conversation and comments. We'll see you next week. Lord willing. Enough said.